We've been preaching through the book of Matthew. Actually, we've been. We just started last Sunday morning, got through the genealogies, learned a lot of great stuff. And uh, we're going to finish the first chapter of Matthew today. The Lord willing, the church don't rise. And if the church rises, we won't need it anyway. Amen. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, verse 18, down to verse 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his, when as his mother of Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, knows it calls her Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for, thou, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And he shall bring forth a son, or she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. I want to use for a subject this uh, morning, Joseph claims the son. Maybe seated. Joseph claims the son. I think it's interesting that the, the Jewish man was the one who named the children. I understand that Gabriel, in the first chapter of Luke, told Mary that the child would be named Jesus. But it was up to the father to name the child. And Joseph hears that Mary is pregnant, and Joseph had nothing to do with it. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Mary is a virgin. She's still a virgin at the time of the setting while she carried Jesus in her womb. Joseph claims the son even after a great time of agony. I think it's interesting as we look at this about Joseph. You know, there's so much talk about Mary, but let's look at Joseph. Joseph was one of the most remarkable human beings found in the Bible. He was a compassionate man, a devout man. A man who loved not only God, but he loved Mary, even before they were married. I believe Joseph was absolutely in love with Mary long before he heard the news that she was with a child and it wasn't his. In fact, the first chapter of St. Luke says that 
the angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a child. That child's going to be a boy, and that boy is going to be named Jesus, and he shall save people, save his people from their sin. And Mary says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And Gabriel said, that holy thing that is conceived in you will be of the highest. He will be the Son of God. You will be conceived. The Holy Ghost will conceive in you, bear in you a male child. And that male child would be more, would be a God and flesh child. Mary is excited. It is in the first chapter she runs to see her cousin Elizabeth. Because Elizabeth is already about six months pregnant with John the Baptist. And Mary goes running to Elizabeth, and she's gone for three months. Now, when, when Joseph saw Mary last, she was flat right here. Three months later, there's a little bulge. When she returned, Joseph said, whoa. What's amazing is she went to see Elizabeth, her cousin, in Judah. And there in Judah, she comes in and she tells Elizabeth, uh, Angel Gabriel told me I'm going to have a son. And he's going to be the holy child. He's going to be the son of the highest. He's going to be the son of God. And when Mary told Elizabeth that, John the Baptist inside of Elizabeth's womb had a Pentecostal spell. The Bible says that John the Baptist leaped for joy when he heard the Messiah has come. Let me say this real quickly. John, before he was ever born, John the Baptist, before he was ever born, does more praising God, did more praising God than some people are in church all their lives. John the Baptist was excited. I think uh, I'm not doing violence to the Scripture. I believe that Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Ghost. And I don't believe that I'm being irreverent or, or wrong in this. You know, I'm speculating to understand. But I, I believe that when, when um, Mary said, I'm, I'm with child. And see, Mary had already was carrying Jesus. And she gives the fact that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. I don't know how it happened, but some way, little baby Jesus baptized John the Baptist in the Holy Ghost. Hello. How's that for getting baptized in the Holy Ghost? John the Baptist was filled from birth with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I thank God for the fact that John the Baptist made the way for Jesus Christ. But according to Luke chapter 1, that when Mary returns back to Joseph, Mary is looking quite pregnant. She's three months along. Joseph, I believe, was very much in love with Mary. I believe at this time they were in the betrothal time. The Jewish people, they had, when they promised their children to each other, 
the parents chose the bride. The parents decided who their boy was going to marry when they were just children, just, you know, like very small, four, five, six years old. And before you say, that's so dreadful, take a look around you. It's not working too good the other way either. <laughs> Amen? But anyway, um, they're, they're promised to each other by the parents. When the betrothal time comes, there's a contract drawn up. And that contract comes with the woman, the bride-to-be is going to have a dowry. And the man's father, the bridegroom's father, will buy his soon-to-be daughter. He said, wow. Yeah, that's the way it was. I mean, I'm not going to sidestep the Bible. Actually, they paid price for the bride. The father put a lot of money down. I don't know how much money, but the father put quite a bit of money down, I'm sure. And uh, there was a contract made. And the bride had a dowry. And the betrothal time was a time, anyway you slice it, it was a time to make sure the girl wasn't pregnant. It lasted for about a year. And during that time, the man would go off and they wouldn't see each other. He wouldn't see his bride for some time. And um, that would give them time to uh, settle in, get ready, and the bridegroom get ready to fix a place for her and come back to get her during the betrothal time. The betrothal time was so strong, the contract, is that they were considered married already. They didn't sleep together, they didn't spend time together, they didn't live together, but according to Jewish custom, they were husband and wife in the betrothal time. And if they were to stop the betrothal time, then that's why the money was put up, the diary and the, 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 the bridegroom's father puts up the, uh, the money because if there is a break in the contract, then there would be a settlement and the lady or the gentleman would be well taken care of. Actually, it will be just a, what we call a nasty divorce. Joseph had the opportunity to try to take Mary's diary. Now we know by the second chapter of Luke, Joseph was broke. Him and Mary were not rich because they didn't offer a lamb. They offered turtle doves, and that meant they were poor. But Joseph had the right, at least in his eyes, to divorce Mary and take not only the money back that was given for her, but to also take Mary's diary. He had the right to do that, according to Jewish custom. But Joseph was a just man. And Joseph decided that he did not want to put her away. He did not want to divorce her because he was a kind, gentle, just man. He didn't want to embarrass Mary. But he didn't want to marry her either because, hey, she was pregnant and he had nothing to do with it. 
And so that was, a, that was a horrific thing for Joseph. I believe Joseph was just as excited as Mary on, to be married. I believe Joseph was so excited. I believe, he was, I, believe he, I believe when he looked at Mary, Joseph would go, whoo, what a beauty. I believe Joseph was so excited about getting married and having his bride. Not only did Joseph know I'm getting a looker, Joseph is saying, I'm getting one from the family of the house of David. Mary's genealogy goes all the way back to David's son, Nathan. And so Joseph's saying, I'm in the king lineage, and my wife is too. And he's excited about marrying her. He's, he's thrilled about it until she comes back home after a year, after three months, rather, Three months she comes back and she's showing. And how many would agree that that's a sorry way for a man to find out his fiance was pregnant? For her to come back three months later showing. So Joseph, he, um, he's going to put Mary away. He's going to do it privately. In those days, you had to get a contract. You had to get witnesses that would come together to finalize the divorce. And Joseph, his heart is broken. And so Joseph, while he's sleeping, he falls asleep, the Bible says that Joseph has a visit from an angel. And while he's having a visit from the angel, down from verse 18 through 21, the angel says to him, you're going to have a Mary, that which is in Mary is holy. The angel said to him in verse 20, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And so Joseph is being met by an angel. And that angel tells him that it's going to be all right. So the first thing Joseph does is he calls off the divorce. He's not going to get it. In fact, the first thing Joseph does is he reclaims Mary, his dream. Mary's her dream. Mary is his dream. And so he reclaims her. At first he was going to put her away. But after the angel met him and cleared up the misunderstanding, Joseph reclaimed Mary as his bride-to-be. I want you to know sometimes things happen in our life that we don't understand. But there comes a time when we need to reclaim our dreams. We need to let go of what might be or what could have been. We need to let go of unforgiveness or hard feelings. We need to let go of those things and reclaim our dream. Some of you have had dreams that's been broken. Some of you, you're hurt down deep and you're having a trouble forgiving. And the angel comes to Joseph in a time of darkness, a time of hellish agony. Joseph is broken. You can imagine how Mary felt as well when Joseph told her, I'm going to have to put you away because you're, you've got a child that's not mine. Joseph was in a bad predicament. Here the, here the deal is, if Joseph, marries, if Joseph marries Mary, then most of the people would say, well, Joseph just got together with her and, you know, they, they did their thing and Mary got pregnant. And so Joseph looks bad in this situation as well as Mary. If Joseph puts her away, then Mary possibly could be stoned to death. 
Mary possibly could be put away. Now, I doubt if they would have stoned her to death simply because Rome didn't allow them to do that, although they did do it to Stephen in the book of Acts. You know how they stoned a woman caught in adultery? They put her in a big old vat of manure. And they stuck her in that manure and they took rocks and they stoned her till she fell face down in the manure. And she dies. That's how they did it. Aren't you glad Jesus Christ came to clean up the manure? Amen. Jesus Christ came to get us get our face up out of the manure. Mary wasn't guilty, but that's the way they treated people that were guilty. They, she could have been stoned. Joseph said, no, I don't want her stoned. I love her. I care about her. I don't want her stoned. And I don't want her to be uh, reproached. So Joseph said, you know, I, I could put her away. And, he, and that's what he decided to do, put her away. But the angel shows up and says, uh-uh-uh, not going to happen, Joseph. Thou son of David, you, you're, you're, in the, you're in God's plan. You got to get take part of this. You're in God's plan. Joseph, you're not going to do what you're about to do. Don't be afraid to take Mary because Jesus, the Son of God, is inside of her. The Holy Ghost put it there and no man can take it away. The Holy Ghost put Jesus there and the whole world stands up and says, there was a B.C. and now it's an A.D. Jesus Christ came and changed times, seasons, and everything and brought to us eternal life because of that one child that was born of the Virgin Mary but was adopted by the hand of Joseph. See, we need to understand that when Joseph named Jesus Christ, when he gave him the name, and of course the angel told Joseph, you're going to name his name Jesus. When, when, when Joseph named Jesus Christ, now Christ wasn't his last name. You know, Jesus is the Messiah. Christ is the Messiah. There wasn't Mr. Christ and Sister Christ and Brother Christ. No, it wasn't Mary Christ and, and Joseph Christ and Jesus Christ. No, it, 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 was, it was Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus. But the Christ is he's the Messiah. And so when Joseph named the child, he claimed the child. When Joseph said his name will be Jesus, Joseph was saying, that's my baby. That's my boy. I'm adopting him. He's mine. I'll take care of him. I'll watch over him. When he, when he, when he called his name Jesus, he adopted Jesus. Joseph did. Joseph claims God's plan. I think it's interesting that where my dad used to tell us when we'd bring a pet home, my dad would always say, if you name it, you claim it. Don't give it a name. Well, I want you to know Jesus Christ, the majestic, sovereign, incredible, amazing Son of God, the eternal, none like Him, Almighty God, you better claim Him. You better claim Him. Because there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus Christ. You better claim him. Because when you claim him as your personal Savior, Lord, and God Almighty in your life, your life can be changed. Your dreams can be brought back into place. Your lives can be touched by the power of God. Amen? And Joseph, Joseph claims God's plan. 
Look at verse 21. Um, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's the angel speaking to Joseph. Now all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, Emmanuel is not a name. I know, that, I know there are people that's called Emmanuel today, but in that day, Emmanuel was not a name. Emmanuel was a title. God with us. But Jesus had to have an earthly name. If he's going to be take the throne of David, if he's going to be part of the throne of David, Jesus has to have an earthly name. And Joseph is the one that's going to give him that name because Joseph is part of the king lineage. Legally, Joseph was part of the king royal line. Matthew gives us the royal line uh, of Joseph. And though it was legal, it was not pure because the line of, of uh, Solomon down to uh, Joseph was corrupted by a king by the name Jehoiakim. And God declared that this king that was wicked would never have his children set on the throne. Verse 11 says, And Josiah, Joasus, beget Jeconias. Jeconias also is Jehoiakim or Jehoiakim. Uh, Jehoiakim and Keniah. You find that in Jeremiah 22, verse uh, 28 through 30. God says because of this uh, Jeconias, Keniah, because of him, no, this man would die childless. Doesn't mean he wouldn't have children, just mean that he wouldn't have a child to sit on the throne. Why? Because Israel was going to be taken into Babylonian captivity. And at that juncture, all the lineage of David would be, would be broken. So you didn't have um, the favor that God would have. Although the lineage stayed in place from Joseph down to um, Abraham to King David, that, you know, Joseph's genealogy was the legal description, the royal line. But the problem is it was polluted. And so God has to bypass the genealogy of, of uh, Joseph in this first chapter of Matthew, and he has to go through a virgin Mary, and he has to bring a genealogy in Luke chapter 3, and he's going to take Mary, and he's going to take Mary's father, and he's going to have Mary's father who is Hela, that's in verse 23 of Luke chapter 3. Uh, Hela is actually Joseph's father-in-law. It is Mary's father. And so from there, they go down to the genealogy, to the royal bloodline. And the royal bloodline is not contaminated through Mary's side. David's son, Nathan, from him down to Mary, the bloodline stays pure. But the bloodline with Joseph, it was a legal bloodline. It was a legal uh, royal uh, line. Joseph was the son of David. It's very clear that it says Joseph was the son of David. The angel was clear to say it. And so um, what God needed Joseph to do is claim 
this baby as his son. Why? Because Jesus had to be able to legally be the son of Joseph, who was part of the lineage of King David from Solomon down. Jesus Christ had to be legally part of the lineage of King David down to Joseph. Had to be, legally. And so Joseph had to name Jesus. And Joseph had to adopt Jesus and declare Jesus as his own adopted son. And that brought Jesus into the lineage, thou son of David, they declared Jesus, the title, thou son of David. I want you to see something that, that really helped me a great deal in this genealogy. The first, you know, first of all, Joseph reclaims Mary. He gets his dream back after the angel corrects a few things. And then Joseph claims God's plan. Let me begin to say real quickly that Joseph, Joseph, the husband of Mary, was not ignorant in the scriptures. He was a just man. He was not unlearned in the Bible. I believe that he had great knowledge of the Old Testament scripture. So Joseph knew about Jeconiah or Coniah. He knew about that king that was corrupt and God said, no one of your children will ever sit on the throne. You're done. Joseph knew about that. He knew that his lineage was royal, he knew, but he knew that God said no one in that lineage would sit on the throne of David because of Je Jeconiah, what he did. And it was evil what he did. He cut the word of God up, Jeremiah's scroll, and throwed it into fire and burned it. He was an evil, uh, evil man. And so God says, no, you're going to be childless. That doesn't mean he wouldn't have sons and daughters. It just means that none of your children were sent on the throne. So it's been disconnected. So Joseph knew that there was a problem there. No doubt Joseph knew that there was a problem there. But legally, he was to be king in the, if it wasn't for Rome. Legally, he was in the legal, legal royal line to be the next king, Joseph was. He knew that. But he also knew that they were under Roman captivity. They were, you know, the uh, Babylon had scattered all. There wasn't no uh, good kings. He knew that there was a problem. So Joseph's hearing his angel say, um, don't be too quick, Joseph, to put Mary, thy wife, aside. He said, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Notice, it is Joseph that calls his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, or a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, here's the deal. Jesus Christ had to have this son that's, that's conceived in the virgin womb of Mary. This son has to get Joseph's name. He has to be named by Joseph. He has to have an earthly name. He has to, and that's why he's got the name Jesus. Aren't you glad that God didn't give some name like whosoever shall call upon Zanacharib shall be saved? Aren't you glad that, that God didn't say whosoever shall call upon Mephibosheth shall be saved? Shoot, can't even pronounce it, let alone, couldn't spell it, couldn't pronounce it. I'd be hell bound. 
But Jesus is just a common name. And it's not so much his name just common Jesus' name. It's the fact that Joseph claimed him as his adopted son, which put him in the legal right to the lineage of the king. So legally, he was king in the king line, King David's line. But the blessing from God in the bloodline had been contaminated by this Jeconias. But in, in one place it calls him Conaniah, uh, that's short for Jeconias. And um, you find that in Jeremiah 22, verse 28 through 30. I'm not going to go there because of time's sake. But I want you to notice the angel quoted scripture to Joseph. The angel said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and be with a child, and he will call his name Emmanuel. He says, in the quoting of scripture, he says, The prophet said this in verse 22. He says, it'll be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying. So, obviously, Joseph knew that verse. He knew Isaiah 7, verse 14. He knew that the Old Testament prophesied of a coming king, and and that king would come, or that Messiah would come through the bloodline, a pure bloodline. Uh, Let me, go with me to Genesis 3. 15 real quick. Genesis 3.15. Go with me there real quick. How important is the virgin birth? God said to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.15, and I will put intimacy enmity against thee and the woman, and, be, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Do you see a problem in that verse? Well, no. Yeah, there's a problem in that verse. That verse says the woman has a seed. The woman don't have a seed. The woman has an egg. The man has a seed. So God's got to get the seed, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, and put it in the woman, who is a virgin, that doesn't have a seed. And Mary's going to bring forth the Messiah that has a father that is God Almighty. Adopted through Joseph, but still he is the Messiah through the seed. Uh, Let me just share a little bit of thought with you. Before I get started there, I want you to know that God has a way of fixing things. Would you agree? God has a way of fixing things. I remember hearing the story about um, a little boy went to his grandma. And the little boy had a little sack packed of his clothes, and he said, Grandma, I'm moving in with you. I want to live with you. Grandma says, what's the matter, honey? And he said, "Um, Daddy's being mean to Mama. And Grandma says, well, Mama's my daughter. And he said, well, yeah, I know that, but he said, I want to move in with you. And Grandma says, no, 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 you're not moving in with me. We're going to pay your daddy. We're going to make him pay. I'm moving in with you. Yeah. My punishment is greater than I can bear. Now notice in Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. That word you means Judah, a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. 
Now, this is a promise that a virgin would bring forth a son. Now, to give you the history of this, look at verse 10, same chapter 7. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. And Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, that is the house of David, the house of Judah, is it a small thing for you to be weary, but will ye weary my God also? And then he says, Therefore I give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. See, it was up to Joseph to call Jesus. It was up to Joseph to call Jesus Jesus, to name Jesus, give him the name Jesus. That was up to Joseph when he adopted him. But it was up to Jesus to prove to everybody he's the Christ. He's the Christ. He's Emmanuel with us. He's God with us. Now, what if I was to tell you there were not one sign here but two. There's two signs. Ahaz was a wicked king. Ahaz uh, was just a disgusting human being. And Ahaz had two northern kings above him. Now, Ahaz is the king of Judah, and there's two northern king, kingdoms above him. One is Samaria, which is Israel, which is Ephraim. And, and further on, higher north was the king of Syria. The king in Israel, in Samaria at that time, his name was Pekah. The king of Syria's name was Rezin. Well, Pekah and Rezin decided they were going to take out Ahaz. They decided they were going to crush Judah and destroy Ahaz. Well, Ahaz got nervous. And so Ahaz got a hold of Assyria, not Syria, Assyria, Ahaz got a hold of, made a pact with Assyria, and the king of Assyria is Tiglath-Pileser. What a name. You looking for a name for your grandchildren? Tiglath-Pileser. Oh, it's going to get worse. During that time, there was also King Zennacherib. Now, Ahaz made a pact with them that they would go and crush Damascus or Syria and take care of Samaria, Ephraim, the king, Pekah, and Reza. That is what brought Isaiah down to tell Ahaz, ask a sign. Ask God for a sign. Ahaz said, I don't want a sign. I'm not going to tempt the Lord. And so Isaiah says, well, you maybe don't want a sign. You maybe not going to ask for a sign, but a sign you're going to get. 600 years from now, the Lord himself shall give you a sign, that is Judah, a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. God was saying in that verse of Scripture, I will preserve the seed of Judah. David was from the tribe of Judah. Jesus Christ is the line of the tribe of Judah. The pure lineage was through the line and the tribe of Judah. And so God is saying to Ahaz, I'm not going to let you be destroyed down the road. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and thou shalt bring forth a son, uh, and they shall call his name Jesus. This virgin, uh, behold, a virgin shall be conceived and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So I'm going to send God with you, and we're going to take care of this problem. Now, 
that was 600 years later. You say, well, it says there in verse 14, therefore the Lord shall give you a sign. That word you a sign means Judah. Give Judah a sign. 600 years later, Jesus Christ came. But what if I was to tell you there were two signs? Now, Ahaz was upset because of um, Damascus, Syria, and the king Pekah in Israel. And he was fearful. God says, don't you worry. I'm going to take care of Judah. I'm going to make sure that Judah survives. I'm going to keep the lineage. I'm going to keep it clean. They're not going to wipe you out. I'm going to see to it that that doesn't happen. So God says, you didn't want the first sign. I'm going to give you a second sign. You didn't know there's two signs and not one, did you? Right here in verse 8, there's two signs. Moreover, the Lord said unto me, take thee a great roll and write it with a man's pen concerning, now listen to this, Marher Shalah Hasbaz. Name your child that. Aren't you glad that it doesn't say, for whosoever shall call upon Maher Shalah Hasbaz shall be saved. Now, what does, what does Maher Shalaz Hasbaz mean? It means quickly to plunder. Isaiah is told by God to go spend time with your prophetess wife. And so Isaiah goes, verse 2, and I took unto me a faithful witness to record Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jebriah. And I went in unto the prophetess, that's his wife, and she conceived and bare a son. Then said the Lord unto me, call his name Mahara Shelah. Has baths. And it means quickly plunder. Notice what it says. For behold, the child shall have knowledge to cry. Before the child has knowledge to cry, my father, my mother, riches in Damascus, and the spoil of Samaria shall be taken away before the king of Assyria. The sign that he gave Ahaz was before that baby's two months old, your enemy, Pekah, and resin will be destroyed. Now, what is God saying in the midst of this? Well, he's saying that you can trust God now, and you can trust God into the future. Hello. He was saying to Judah, you can trust me now, and you can trust me later. Judah's going to go into captivity. This king, Jehoiakim, has perverted the bloodline, but God says, I got a plan. God says, I'm going to put within a virgin, and I'm going to come as a seed in Genesis 3.15, and I'm going to come inside that seed of a virgin. I'm gonna, my seed's going to be planted in that virgin. She's going to bring forth a son. Joseph, you're going to call his name Jesus, but he's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. He's going to be the incredible God of heaven and earth. Notice Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, that is, that is Jesus. Unto us a son is given, that's the Son of God. 
The government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Almighty God and the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace of his increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God is saying, I, I've got this covered. You can trust me. Judah, you can trust me. You can trust me now as, as it was with the boy before he was two years old. I took care of the problem. You can trust me now. And Judah, you can trust me later. In this scripture where it says, unto us a child is born, that means Jesus, the king, Jesus on the earth son of David. But a son is given means John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, means Emmanuel was given for our sins. But in that Isaiah chapter 9, that's the only part that Jesus fulfilled. Did you know that? Look at it right now. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That's been done. But the government's not upon his shoulders now. Oh, we call him wonderful, but he's not called wonderful counselor, almighty God now. He's not called the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is, but he's not called that now. The increase of his government and peace, there should be no end. Upon his throne, David, upon his kingdom to order it, he talks about something that's coming in the future. This king of kings is going to sit on the throne of David in the millennium. He's king of kings and lord of lords. He's king of everything. And so God is trying to say to Judah, you can trust me now and you can trust me later, but trust me, I've got a plan. And that's what Joseph does. He claims God's plan. Joseph claims God's plan. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to step around me. He's not going to use me. He's just going to use me to name the child. But he's going to step around me, and he's going to step inside of my beautiful wife, Mary. And she's going to conceive as a virgin, the holy seed of God. And that child is going to be Emmanuel with us. Now, how's that for a great story? Amen. And it's so great because it's every bit true. And so Joseph claims the son. I love that. Verse 24 and 25, And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she was brought forth her firstborn son. And who called him Jesus? He. Joseph called his name Jesus. Joseph was not ignorant concerning the Scriptures. Joseph knew about Isaiah 7, 14. Joseph knew about Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. Joseph knew about this guy with the long name. Hello. Meher Shalah Pazbaz. Man, memorize that. Amen. Name your kid. Nickname your kid that. Something. And it just meant he'll plunder quickly. He'll take the care of And how many know when Jesus Christ comes back, it won't be Meher, Shalez, Hezbash. It will be Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he will plunder quickly. Amen. He will destroy quickly. He'll come. 
And so God is trying to say to Judah, I've got this taken care of. And Joseph's looking at, whoa, this how's God's going to do it. My father-in-law is going to take the place of my father. My wife Mary's father is going to take the place and he's going to be my father-in-law. And they're going to follow the chain right down to Mary's genealogy. And we're going to find a pure bloodline through the son of David called Nathan. And we're going to put inside the Virgin Mary the promised seed and we're going to bypass the corrupt kings. We're going to bypass the wicked. We're going to come in. We're going to bypass Joseph. We're going to bypass man and we're going to, the Holy Ghost is going to come inside of Mary the Virgin and bring forth a son of God in which no man can save himself. Only the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ can save us. Isn't that beautiful? I think about that, and I'm so excited to tell you that God has a plan. God came in the back door with Mary, the royal bloodline, and Joseph knew that his lineage was corrupt. He knew, he knew that he was legally of the lineage of King David. Joseph knew that, but he also knew that this Kaniah, this Jeconiah was a bad dude, and God said, you're never going to sit on the throne. None of your children are going to sit on the throne. And Joseph knew that. And when the angel's speaking to Joseph, God has a plan. The angel, he didn't say it in no words, but he's saying to Joseph, don't you be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the holy, that which is in her is the holy child, the son of God, the highest, Emmanuel. And I can just hear Joseph in his sleep saying, Oh, that's how you're going to do it. See, Joseph didn't have to take Mary's word on it. And Joseph didn't have to take the angel's word. Joseph could take the scripture's word. And the scripture says, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And Joseph knew all about that. So when you look at Genesis 3.15, what's wrong with that verse? The woman don't have a seed. That's what's wrong with that verse. Women have eggs. They don't have seed. But yet in Genesis 3.15, it says, and her seed shall crush the head of the serpent, his seed. What's wrong with that verse? The woman don't have a seed. What is that verse talking about? A virgin conceiving a child. That verse 315 is saying from the start in Genesis. Genesis is what we call the seed book. Everything starts in the seed. Genesis is the seed book. And so God says, don't leave this seed out. I'm going to put a seed in the lady that don't have a seed. And that's exactly what God did with Virgin Mary. He put a seed in the lady that didn't have a seed. And that seed is Jesus Christ, the incorruptible seed, the eternal seed of God, the delivering seed of God. Isn't that good? And so God is saying on the short term, he'll take care of you. He did through this this son of Isaiah, uh, Meher Shalah Hashbuz, you know, what a name. And, and, And God showed Judah, I'll take care of you in the short term. I'll take care of you in the long term. Isn't that good? Now, I told you this wasn't going to be a Christmas sermon, and it's not. This is an incredible 
miracle, awesome, awe-inspiring, wow, message from God. God brought forth a son, pure and holy. His name is Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. And so though Jesus hasn't ruled on the throne of David in the millennium, though Jesus has not um, taken on the government, though Jesus has not took control of everything, he did come. And he was a son given. And that son was crucified on the cross of Calvary. And he did come as a child. And Joseph named him, claimed him, and adopted him. And he became legally part of the kingship of David. And God says, I got this fixed, Joseph. Don't you worry about it. I'm going to go in the back door through your wife, the one you're betrothal to. And I'm going to come in the back door, and I'm going to give her a seed. As the Scripture says, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Isn't that good? Wow. If you didn't learn anything today, I'm, I hope you learned the name of Isaiah's boy. Maher Shalah Hasbuz. Good name, huh? I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but who cares? With a name that long, it doesn't matter. Amen. Well, you catch me in the back door as you're leaving and tell me how it's pronounced. It isn't what it's pronounced, it's what it meant. I will plunder quickly. I will destroy quickly. And God says, I'll protect Judah. And Judah went into captivity. Judah went away, and Jesus came under Roman captivity. But he came to the virgin, preserved the seed, so that the lineage, the bloodline, the royal bloodline would be preserved through the genealogy of Mary in Luke chapter 3. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Told you this wasn't going to be a Christmas sermon. I just want you to understand that this means so much more to me after studying it. God, the Bible is inspired. The Bible, you know, you read something in the Bible, you know, you got these peanut heads out here reading the Bible and they're saying, you know, the Bible don't make sense. It's, it's got a problem here. It's wrong here. It's wrong there. The only problem is with them peanut heads, they don't have a Holy Ghost in them to interpret the Scripture, nor do they spend time long enough to read the Scripture long enough to see that God's got it all covered. Amen? God said, I'm going to give you two signs. One, Joseph, Judah, and the other, I'm going to keep the bloodline pure. I'm going to keep the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the tribe of Judah, David, son of David, the son of God. Isn't that good? Wow. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Look, if you don't amen me, I'm going to move in with you. Better yet, if you don't amen me, I, me, and, me and my wife both is going to move in with you and her chickens. Somebody told me she's a crazy chicken lady. I said she was crazy before she had a chicken. Amen. I found her down in Gleaning milking cows. 
sitting on a little stool milking cows, and the cat would go, meow, meow. She'd turn the little udder that way, and the, cow, the cat would and suck it. That's how my beautiful wife was raised. She'd break its tail in the cold winter, the cow's tail. She'd tie it back around its, around its side and tie it up to its neck with a rope so the cow couldn't wag its tail. Why? Because while you're milking, you don't want to be slapped in the head with a cow's tail. You know what's all over it. Amen? So if you don't like what I'm preaching, if you don't lighten up and get excited, I'm going to move in with you and my wife and her chickens. And we're going to name one of them chickens, Maher Shalah Hasbuzz. I got a new name for Judy's chicken. Amen. I'm going to stand. <laughs> I'm going to tell Judy I got a new name for a chicken, so we're going to name the chicken. My hair, Shalom, has buzz. Great chicken name. We've got a cat named Megatron, and we'll have a chicken named My hair, Shalom, has buzz. Amen? Don't tell me we don't have a working little farm in town. We do. By the way, Gunner's the one that named the cat Megatron. Amen. And Charity told me that Megatron was a squirrel catcher. But we got a lot of food, and we've been feeding, feeding Megatron. When we got Megatron, he was a cat like that. And now that we fed him, his face is puffed out. And Charity said, boy, he's gained a lot of weight. Yeah, he don't chase cats, uh, he don't chase squirrels because he ain't able to. <laughs> Fed too good. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to give him the invite. You ought to be thankful for the fact that God did something miraculous, impossible. This is an impossible thing that God did so that you and I could have a Savior that's not just a man. He's God, a Savior that died on the cross for our sins, rose again from the grave, sits at the Father's right hand, and one day he's coming back, King of kings, Lord of lords, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Son of Almighty God. He's coming soon. Woo, he's coming soon. We're giving the invite. 